Good evening and welcome to Phantom Access for July 18th. I'm your host, Karen, and I'm going to click right in now for my co-host, Jamie. Hello. Yeah, can you hear me, Jamie? Hello. Yeah, I just knocked the phone on the floor, but otherwise, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome. Um, and I'm going to, I see our special guest, Gary Morgenstein, is here in the queue. I think, Gary, you should be with us right now. Hello. Oh, hi. How are you both? Good. Well, Great. I'm pain, but otherwise... So good to see to talk to you again. Yeah, it's great to hear you, Jamie. Uh, I know you were at the dentist today, but you can still move your jaw and talk, right? Yes, I can, but I'm I'm on a lot of pain pills, so my brain isn't working really well. But other than that, I'm okay. Oh, good. That should make for a great. You know, talk. you should use a little bourbon, swilling bourbon around your mouth also helps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, get a nice little numbing effect there on the gums for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, welcome, Gary. We're so happy to have you with us this week. It's been a while. It's been a, a, yeah. a long time since we've had you on. Yeah, it has. Um, and uh, and we have you in, in dual capacity tonight. Um, today, uh, last week was the 10th anniversary of Sharknado, and today Sci-Fi was running all the movies, I think in reverse order. Um, and I know, Gary, that that uh, we, we want to have a little look back at the madness of that before we go on to talk about your play, uh, uh, your play, A Black and White Cookie, making its, what are we calling this, its, its re-premiere? Its well, it's um, New Jersey it's premiere? Its third, it, yeah, it's going to have its West Coast premiere in Los Angeles uh, for five Ooh. weeks, July 21st, and then it'll have a fourth production in New Jersey in um, in Freehold at Center Players, um, August 11th to 27th. So at, at one point, the play will be running simultaneously on both coasts, which doesn't, you know, isn't so bad. Yeah, no, oh, fantastic. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, well, great. Well, do you mind if we do a little Sharknado first? Since, uh, you know, let's, we... Let's we, do it, yeah. Um. <laughs> So, Jamie, you watched Sharknado back when when it, when it premiered, right? Back in like 2013. Yeah, I watched well, it back when it was originally on. I don't know, was that when it was 2013? I didn't know when it was. Yeah, it was 2013. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the 10 year anniversary. And, and it almost like, never, um, excuse me, but it never almost it almost didn't make it to air. Right. And I feel like when it really first came out, like, I don't think people realized that it was going, at least I didn't. I remember vaguely not realizing that it was more like a tongue-in-cheek type thing. Like, I think at first people thought maybe it was supposed to be serious, and then once people kind of got on to it being, you know, sort of this this funny thing, once you saw it and realized it was kind of this, just this hilarious phenomenon, then everybody got on board, and, well, that's why there ended up being five of them. So it clearly did very well. Well, it, 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 you have to go back to, it, it, it was July um, 2013 was uh, the, the premiere, but in, now this was under the, um, Sharknado was under the umbrella of the sci-fi, um, uh, you know, original movies, you know, the cheesy mm-hmm. B-movies, Mega Python versus Gatoroid and, you know, <laughs> you know, Debbie Gibson again, you know, Fighting Tiffany mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Mothman and all the fun stuff that harkened back. To the, the B movies of the 50s and 60s, and but in June 
of 2013, there was um, a series of tornadoes which hit the Midwest and killed uh, the host of the Discovery. I, I believe that the, the show was called Tornado Chasers. Okay. And so oh, yeah. I was in the middle. Of, yeah, yeah. So the powers to be, I will not use names. I'm very, you know, I'm going to be very discreet about that. So the powers mm-hmm. to be in sci-fi um, said, you know, maybe we shouldn't show the movie out of respect to them. And I said, why? What are you talking about? And they, I said, I've got, I'm getting good publicity. I mean, already the Daily News is doing a spread, and they don't even need to see a screener. They just love the title. And the title came from an, um, another original movie, Leprechaun, a horror movie. It was like a throwaway line, a Sharknado. Yeah, I remember so, that. Hmm. Yes, yes. So I remember seeing it after you know, Yes, yes. So I said, well, I, I said, do you know what Sharknado's about? And well, no, 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 because everyone dissed the B movies at the at staff meetings. Right. Everyone would snicker and smirk at me when and, I would give reports and, and talk about them because they were not, yeah, you know, the elevated. Yeah, for those for viewer for people who are listening and don't know Gary, you were working at the you were a publicist at yes, Sci-Fi at the yes, time, right? Publicity. Yeah, yes, yeah. I was director of publicity. Yes, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. And so when I would, um, you know, talk and people internally they made fun of the movies. Um, they were, you know, like the little, you know, the the, the redheaded child, orphan child, is <laughs> I think the yeah. phrase. Um, <laughs> so I said to them, I said, listen, in Sharknado, tornadoes hit Los Angeles. Now, it's never happened that tornadoes hit Los Angeles. They suck sharks out of the Pacific Ocean, them on land, and they eat people. I said, <laughs> do, you, do you really think that anyone is going to think we're making fun of the people who died in the tornadoes in Ohio? And so then I got that stone-cold look like, well, you know, it's your you-know-what if this um, rolls back on us and we take flack for being, you know, being insensitive to victims. Okay, fine. So I was getting some decent, yeah, this is, you know, welcome to my world. So I was getting some decent publicity and Entertainment Weekly was doing something. And, Jamie, you might have even been on this press call with um, Tara Reid and Anthony C. Ferranti, yeah. right? Yeah, Remember I that? And now, now Ian Ziering would not do any publicity. Ian thought this would ruin his career. The only reason he took the role of Finn was because he needed a, a, a role so to keep up his his SAG health insurance. His wife pretty much threatened him to take the, but he wanted nothing to do with this. So Thursday mm-hmm. night, July 13th, 2013, Sharknado lit up the internet. Now, I didn't really know what was going on because I really at that point didn't much care about the you know, social media. It was still in its infancy. No one really understood it. They knew it was kind of important, but and people like proclaimed to be experts, but that was all nonsense. No one really knew what was going on with uh, social media. So it exploded the Internet, and you had, like, Mia Farrow tweeting that she's with Philip Roth watching Sharknado, like, what? And the Red Cross said, well, in the event of a Sharknado, do this. I was oblivious to this, and this was my, this was my you know, my area. So the next Friday morning, um, I stop off on my way to work, uh, to a friend's house to borrow her suitcase because I was going to, to Comic-Con, San Diego. And she says, oh, by the way, um, did you see that uh, the Today Show just did a segment on Sharknado? I said, what are you talking about? She said, yeah, <laughs> stick around. They're going to do another one. I said, what are you talking about? It was absurd. It was just surreal. 
I get to, to work, and then Sharknado blew up the Internet, and then they blew up my phone. Because all over the country, people who never, ever would have answered my phone calls or my emails were calling to do pieces on it. You know, the, the ABC Evening News. I mean, you know, every, it just name an outlet, the Washington Post, the New York Times. It was insane. I could barely go to the bathroom. I, I almost had to bring a bucket into my office. It was <laughs> just endless, endless. And by the end of the day, I was getting a little tired and grumpy. And so when the producer at Nightline called me and said he wanted to do a piece, I argued with him. You know, for all of those who probably don't remember Nightline, this was Nightline with Ted Koppel. It was on at, I think, at 1130, right? And it was like the face of news. Right, yeah. It was like real serious stuff. I mean, you didn't get much more serious than Ted Koppel. I don't think he ever smiled. And so they wanted to do a piece on Sharknado. I said, listen, there was just a military coup in Egypt, and you want to do a piece on Sharknado? He said, yeah. Fine, whatever. And then we were off to the races. Now, no one really knew if this was a fluke, but because they couldn't take a chance that it wasn't, everyone started being very, you know, showing me respect. Wow, your movies are really cool. Like, well, you know, really? You were just laughing behind my back, you know, seven an hour ago. And, <laughs> and uh, Tom Vitale, who was, you know, head of movies, um, and Chris Regina and, and Karen O'Hara, uh, God rest her soul, she passed a couple of years ago. Um, suddenly we're all getting, like, you know, um, respect, but they didn't know what to do. We didn't have a panel at, at Comic-Con. They did some street um, guerrilla stuff, handing things out. So the question was, was this really a flash in the pan? Was it just a, thir- a, a Thursday night in July and people were bored and the ridiculous name struck people? Because I think the first Sharknado was, I mean, the budget maybe was like $26. It was really, you know, it was like ridiculously low as all these original movies were. I read, I read, I did a little research. I read that it was $2 million, which is still absurdly small for that a is, movie. The like first they, one? They, they had to make that whole, right? Boy, I, read I, that it was, it I read that it was $2 million, but that, it does sound, uh, it does sound kind of, I mean, you, you would know if that was high for a signed movie. Yeah. I don't. It's yeah. absurdly low I think that was, for any movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think that probably was high. I think it was probably close yeah. to twenty six dollars. You know, I mean, they really yeah. it was not like high. Oh, yeah. You know, and then this is the asylum, and they did all these low mm-hmm. budget movies, and they the people in asylum were were fun, little nutsy people, and um, so so everyone wondered, well, did we really have a hit in our hands? And what? And then in August. Our goal coinciding around um, the Discovery Shark Week, we did some shark-related movie, and it didn't do great. The publicity was, uh, and the people were saying, oh, maybe Gary's not that big a deal. You know, maybe he's a flesh in the pan, too. Mm-hmm. And so people, but we had to move forward. So it took a lot of negotiating, I guess, on both sides, wanting to elevate the budget, and it would be set in New York, if, if, if you all remember. Yep. So it dragged on and on and on, and it was a come, come out in the summer of 2014. Finally, the deal is done, and the and the shooting schedule is set for like three weeks. Now, by this time, the the closest window they could get it done was February. Now we know February in New York can be cold. It's February, <laughs> right? Yeah. For, uh, yeah. Right. So, um, yep. one of the the big 
Big Steams was to was written to be at Yankee Stadium, and the Yankees are too precious. They said, no, no, you can't have sharks destroying Yankee Stadium. He said, well, you know, it's CGI. They're really it's not, not going to really destroy Yankee. You know, it's really not. I'm yeah. sorry. This is. I'm in Brooklyn, so you hear this is. You know, this happens <laughs> in Brooklyn. At it's night. okay. Usually, um, it's Karen's place. <laughs> yeah, you hear that. Yeah, my okay. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no one screaming, which is a good sign. Um, so, <laughs> oh. the, so they turned to the the production team turned to to the Mets. They said, "Yeah, you can destroy City Field. We don't really care." So, the day <laughs> of the shooting, because uh, the Mets, you know, they were wallowing as as usual. So. Um, the day of the shooting, it was about 12 degrees and snowing. And the, the call, um, the extras, the, the, all the extras mm-hmm. were supposed to show up in, like, T-shirts and shorts and flip-flops. So you had these poor people, you know, huddled around heaters, turning blue, and the snow is falling. And then someone said, well, it's going to be out in July. How are we going to explain that? I said, well, it's a Sharknado. It changed the weather, Right. Oh, that's good. Yep. That's good. So that, so that was the spin. And what we mm-hmm. saw internally at um, Sci-Fi, which is was still is part of um, Comcast, NBC Universal, is that every people wanted they wanted the celebrities for Sharknado Two to get involved. The Yiddish word is Mitch. He's like a real person. He's the sweetest man, and he was behind it all. He said, "Yeah, yeah, I'd love to be in this." Matt Lauer. Not so nice. Matt Lauer was not such a, you know, um, he was not that excited to be in Sharknado 2. And we were on the set of the Today Show, and he kind of had, you know, a little grimace to it, and Al Roker was having fun. So he had some of the celebrities um, glomming on. But that, for the real, um, you know, circus of the, the companies, you know, representing all the different channels and all the different shows, that waited for Sharknado 3. Sharknado 2 was the best movie. I don't say that just because I had a cameo and because I was looking out, up outside. Really? The, yes, I have two cameos. I was in Sharknado 2 looking up for a few seconds at the sharks coming down from the sky outside Rockefeller Center. And then in Sharknado 3, I was um, at, um, in Atlanta, Orlando at the at Universal theme park running from the sharks. Were you? I just watched both those movies yesterday. Now I've got to go back and watch them again. Yeah, What's those scenes for you? Yes. Well, again, it was not, I, you know, I wasn't like, you know, big close-ups. I wasn't Brad Pitt. It was, right. you know, they were not, right. you know, say, oh, man, let's see. <laughs> um, you don't get to speak here was, in the background. Then now, don't you think Sharknado 2 was a fun movie? I, I thought it was fun. I, you know, I think especially uh, fun for people who have visited New York or like, no, you know, they made a lot of like kind of New York jokes in it and they did a good job of like making it feel like we're not just like filming this in LA. It was really shot, you know, they really shot these scenes and it wasn't just like LA standing in the first movie was, you know, kind of surfing centric and real LA centered and then New York centered the DC Orlando one. um, You know, it is, Having having watched those movies for the first time, like back to back, watching these all back to back, it, it's noticeable how like um, all those celebrities start popping up, uh, you know, yeah. because of the fun of all it, the right? Uh, because they couldn't possibly have afforded those people to be in it. Although Vivica Fox, you know, plays a big role in, in yeah. two. 
the yeah, second one. Um, and also, like, like the Subway product placement is, like, I was like, is, that, is oh, this, like, a joke? There's so much Subway product placement. Is this real or is this, a, is this how they pay for the movie or is this a joke about paying no, for the and wasn't, I'm not sure. Wasn't Jared in it? Yes, yeah, Jared's so. in it. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Jared has a line. Yeah. Pedophilia, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah, what happened. Line they kind it. of ruined it. Don't you think they kind of ruined it with the later movies by having dumping so many stars? And they kind of, you know, I'm not, look, I'm not saying this was ever Macbeth. Okay, please. Right. But it had yeah. its own fun, and they just laid it on. I remember when they got um, Mark Cuban to play the president, and we were saying, oh, oh yeah. like, really, like a game show host would ever be, you know, a reality show host would ever be president of the United States. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, some of the more fun. I guess the fun was looking for the camp. I mean, I get what you're saying. There's a lot, but I always thought it was fun looking for all of them and trying to fight, you know, catch them all in the later ones because there were so many. Yeah. But yeah, some of more. You know, I enjoyed Richard Kind as the um as the old baseball, the former baseball player. I shouldn't say old. At Uh you know at Shea Stadium, who hits he hits a shark with a bat there at the end of his scene and. Like that kind of made some of them like made a little more sense than others. Some of them were like kind of like a gratuitous cameo is is not as fun as one that sort of really fits and makes sense, right? Um, and they did become a little uh, overdone, maybe. And yeah, the, I like the product placement. It wasn't just there were some others. There there was a lot of um Diet Coke, I think, showing up. Uh, and you know, I get that. Uh, this is a low budget movie. It's got to be paid for, but like the low budget is kind of the point, right? Like they that yeah. they had they made yeah. like those CGI sharks are like not really, you know. I mean, Steven Spielberg's robot shark from '78 is better than the yeah. <laughs> than the 2013 uh, CGI yeah. sharks, yeah, right? Yeah, you, they put they yeah. put lipstick on a pig, and it just doesn't yeah work. yeah right. Um, but for a moment, uh, you know, you know, go ahead. No, no, it just Please, was so continue. astonishing that then suddenly there was um, the third one. It, it was you had we had an international simulcast. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah I remember it was, tweeting. Yeah, it was right crazy. Now. It was crazy. But then they, you know, they 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 went too much into it. And I, I believe wasn't the last one. Um, I had left sci-fi by then. Uh, the last one, like, Ian Ziering goes back in time and fights dinosaurs, something ridiculous. Yeah, it was a little weird. It was funny, but, yeah, yeah. it was a little... Well, you, a little my question crazy. to you, what, what, what do you think? You know, it was so much fun. And the country, I'm not, look, I'm not going to make it more than it was. It was a silly TV movie. But it, it was part of the pop culture. And everyone kind of jumped on it and had fun with it. Do you think you could make TV movies like that anymore in our times? Do I mean, have we well, lost our sense of humor for that sort of stuff? I have a couple thoughts there. What do you What do you think, Jamie? You 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 I, Jamie, yeah, still I cover a lot of movies and. Yeah, I I think it it was kind of of the time. Like once. Once Sharknado hit a lot of those movies, I mean, not that those movies weren't already out at sci-fi, but I feel like they became more popular during that time because I remember, you know, watching and covering a lot of them. Can they so much now? There really isn't a lot of that now, but at the same time, I kind of like sometimes that's sort of like a Doctor Who type thing. Like you get like that really silly 
Like it mm-hmm. doesn't always make sense. It isn't always realistic, but it's meant to be that way, and it's fun. I like them. I always liked them. I remember the last few definitely, you know, going crazy on social media, and I still have all the stuff they sent too. They sent that um, the one time that case like with a shark kit, and there was like a I forget yeah. like a beach towel and a bobblehead and all yeah. that. I still have all that. <laughs> yeah, me <laughs> too. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, great swag. Um, Mardi Gras pipe beads and stuff. Yeah, it was cool. I, you know, but, yeah, I, I remember, you know, doing that stuff. I'm like, so I'm inclined to agree, Jamie, and I, and I would, you know, ask you, Gary, you mentioned, like, how nobody really, like, even as, like, a director of publicity, you weren't really considered social in, in your plans. And there are people who say that Sharknado kind of invented, like, or to invent, but sort of spawned live tweeting. This idea of people like just tweeting along with what they're watching and being like, "Holy hell, what is on my television right now?" Sort of like Sharknado kind of set that all in motion, just just organically, like it just exploded out of Sharknado. Maybe, uh, you know, was it really the first? Maybe not, but it certainly was maybe the first time that the country really extended together, together and yeah. it became a thing. And that kind of movie was really made for that, like. I mean, and then they started putting them on the TV screen too. I remember that. You didn't really see that much until I mean, other places did them too, but I remember that specifically when they started putting like the ticker tape at the bottom with everybody's tweets. Yeah, that it too. was it was kind of yeah. Re- yeah, it was really revolutionary. Yes, it really was. Yeah, um, and, and so you know that's kind of over, right? Like like television has changed so much. Um, and the idea of like everybody watching the same thing at the same time and commenting on it is like, has streaming really killed that? Like, is anybody, you know, they say maybe Game of the Thrones, Game of Thrones was the last show we all watched together and talked about yeah. at the water cooler on Monday morning, right? And and like, yeah. is that mm-hmm. like 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 a Sharknado? Like, is there any appointment television? Sci-fi's not doing movies like this anymore, right? Uh, no, I don't believe so. They've like, kind of got sci-fi yeah yeah um and the movies you know i mean these kind of movies are still appearing like if you watch like comet right they come up these kind of movies but um most of them go straight to video streaming right everybody watches streaming whenever they watch it maybe a huge thing drops on streaming and everybody watches like the new season of I don't know, the diplomat the whole first week or the, the new season of outlander people watch it in like three days and maybe tweet about it but that 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 two hours together live tweeting is not a not as much you know no not so no, much look at the award show uh, which are tanking the award shows are totally yeah. in the toilet i haven't that watched the whole award show in so long no it's de- not yeah i haven't even live tweeted that much in a long time i hadn't really thought about it now you're bringing it up but you're right like I know I have for some sci-fi shows, like sometimes like on the premiere I will, but then it's like because nobody, people don't watch stuff live like they used to. And no. I think it is streaming that kind of kills it. I think, Jimmy, you'll live tweet like a new Doctor Who episode on BBC America, you know, or, or the Doctor Who Christmas special, which like is a thing that a certain niche audience all turns into a Yeah, month, right. Right. And I remember but I was not. Resident Alien. I think I did was one of the last ones I did. It was for sci-fi. But yeah, they don't. Keep, you don't keep necessarily keep doing it every time either. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you're right. It's for certain a certain group. It's yeah. not like as huge. Yeah. 
yeah. of a live event. And but yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed that. I mean, they were fun doing that and, and talking to the people online and while it happened. So yeah, they should was do that. Your, was that was that the biggest explosion during your time at Sci-Fi, Gary? Yes, that was it, and it it set off like you know, East Coast versus West Coast civil wars because Sharknado was <laughs> getting all the attention. And I was, you know, people, programmers on the West Coast who shall remain nameless didn't like me and blamed me for doing my job because it got more publicity and higher ratings than their, um, you know, high-quality, expensive series. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, New York was still in their thunder. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't like that, you know, the, 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 the princes and princesses out there. Um, I'd also, when you think about live tweeting, you know, the internet has become so much more hostile. Than, yeah, it you was know, a nicer just, community back then. It really, I mean, now you don't know what you're going to say, who's going to come after you, or what's going to happen. I mean, I'm very careful what I tweet. Yeah, you know, there's a line in, in the original Sharknado, which, um, you know, there's a there's a scene where the sharks invade Tara Reed's house and the water is like, totally red and um the australian character baz i think is his name he says oh must be that time of the month and um (laughs) uh like you know i i read a story about the production that that was a bit of a throwaway line like they were adding lines on the fly a lot when they shot that and that was a line that sort of was added and they were like can we get away with it should we or shouldn't we and they did it and like that line probably would not make it onto television today right or onto t- because all of Twitter would like explode that you were being anti, you know, you're being like that was an anti, you know, anti. Well, yeah, you could. Yes. Well, you yeah. don't know <laughs> when you're, you know, well, the, exactly. Create the entire creative process has changed so much. Mm-hmm. You could step on the third rail. You know, I, I mean, I know as a writer, I, you know, I don't really pay attention because I'm going to write whatever I want anyway. But I see around mm-hmm. me people's concerns and sensitivities mm-hmm. and it's very interesting and and it's not even talking about things that would be offensive that are intended to be offensive that i would ever be offensive but you well you can't say that it's like why but you it, yeah it's, it's you know it's it's creativity it's fiction you don't i mean can you make so, fun yeah. you know, right can, can we make fun of people we comedy has died because you can't make fun of anyone yeah. yeah, and so a line like that—that that in 2013 you only had to yeah. worry about the like NBC Sci-Fi censors. Now you got to worry about like, well, the censors are okay with it, but will Twitter like tear us apart for for a line like that in our show, right? Like, yeah. like you have like this whole other level of like critics out there <laughs> who you have to worry yeah. about. Um, are you are, are you um? I mean, so you got out of television and you're. Uh, Playwright now. Yes, well, I, I mean, was escorted in 2016. But... Yes, yeah. They they laid oh, off yeah. a bunch of us, and that was fine yep. with me. I was ready. I was, you know, yeah. the, the, the things had changed. It was a different medium, and now it's just so different. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you were, if you were, you know, looking back, were we, like happy to have missed out on like peak Twitter, peak social years. <laughs> no, um, I'm. I'm I know. I don't like any of that. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I, when I do social media, I just use it as a marketing tool, but I'm, you know, rarely will I rant and rave about anything. Mm-hmm. 
Um, And if I do say something, it's more about one of my pet causes of anti-Semitism. But other than that, I will not, you know, I will never go into politics, Republican, Mm -hmm. Democrat, anything from across the board. Candidate, no, no, no. Never touch anything like that. It's just, you don't. You know, you, no. you, you're not allowed to say that. You know, we live in a world where if you, someone says, well, you, how could you vote for? Or how could you support that? You must be a, you know, yeah. there's no gray anymore. There's no dialogue, you know. And, and, and mm-hmm. writers, the irony is that writers are supposed to show that. You're supposed to show different people. You're supposed to show all points of view, yep. even if it, you don't like it. That, you know, as we say in Brooklyn, tough noobies. That's the well, whole this, point to hold up. Yeah. People, right? And but you, yeah. you have is, to worry about. I was going to say, uh, this sounds like a perfect seg to talk about your play. But uh, before we do that, I don't know, uh, Jamie, if you have anything more you want to say about Sharknado. No, no it's okay. And, you can go. All right. I just I have I I am gonna bring up one little political thing about Sharknado that it's just fitting that, you know, that that Ian that story about Ian Ziering like not wanting to take the job but having to qualify for health insurance is just oh, like yeah. so fitting to bring up that story at a time right now when the actors and writers yeah. are on strike over just and that yeah. that type of thing. Is like a guy like Ian Ziering who had done nine oh two one oh and people really think of him as a celebrity and like to show that he like, you know, as a journeyman actor had to take the job that he could get because like to, you know if you don't earn enough money you don't qualify for health insurance for your family yeah yeah not all of them yeah. are rolling in cash like no. people seem to think Most of them. so i just wanted to mention that as like a shout out to our writer and actor friends who you know yeah are on the front lines right now um but anyway, your comments about, like, sensitivity and political issues and things like that and where we were going is, like, a, a perfect uh, intro uh, to move on to the play, Black White Cookie, which is not a new play. We've talked to you about it before, but it's getting, like, new productions of it, right, after being, right. like, the pandemic sort of, like, theater was shut down for so long. Yes, and so it, it's, it's premiered at um, Silver Spring Stage just outside Washington, in Maryland, and um, mm-hmm. then off off Broadway in, in Manhattan last year, which was ravaged by COVID. We had um, oh, yeah. we had most of our actors cast got COVID. Our director, we had to postpone a weekend. It was you know then it was so hard getting people into the theater. So that's why it's just so exciting to have you know these two productions, uh, Sky Pilot. Um, theater is um, the you know is, is a theater company that produces in Los Angeles. It's going to be at um, 905 Cole Theater in Hollywood for five weeks, and um, it stars mm-hmm. Tommy Franklin and, and Maurice Shore and directed by Tootie Roche. And then at Center Players in Freehold, New Jersey, it stars um, Arthur Gregory Pugh and Jackie Cusher, directed by uh, Bernice Scarfield Zeta. But the play, if I might just quickly tell the log line, it's about Carol Wilson. Yes, yes, he's a Carol Wilson is a conservative, a Republican, um, African American newsstand owner, who finally reopens his his business after COVID and finally, you know, getting some traction. And then he gets hit by an exorbitant rent increase, which he can't afford, and so he has no choice but to close and retire. And that doesn't really make him very happy. 
So enter Albie Stans, who's this eccentric communist Jew who persuades him to fight back. And they have to overcome their differences um, and, uh, and to show that there's more that unites us than divides us. And to me, that's the mm-hmm. biggest theme of all, because, you know, in so much in entertainment is about social issues. And that's great. I mean, that's what artists do, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to remember the story, and you have to remember the people. And I really think that people are the least represented um, voting bloc in this country, because it's all, you know, we, we are what we are, but we're not of a kind. We're not just one thing. We are many things, and when you focus on just one thing, you don't get into the, the, the soul, the gut of a human being, and that's what a writer is supposed to do, and that's what entertainment is supposed to do. That's the most powerful thing of all, because it's, you're impacted by your times, but most people, the preponderance of people, are not heroes. They're unlikely heroes. I mean, we could talk about every, all the books and movies and TV shows We've watched the wonderful ones where people just swept up, like suddenly, oh, my God, my village has been destroyed. I've got to run. Now I'm a a hero, right? I mean, that's what we love. Those are the characters. And people remember characters. And that's what Mm -hmm. I try to show in my plays. Um, And it's edgy, and it's it's a funny drama, but it's poignant. And, you know, some people might find the language is, you know, going to be a little tough, but um, prejudice is prejudice. And uh, I actually take on anti-Semitism, which is not often done. Um, and, right. um, you know, so that's, so I, I, but essentially it's about two lonely old guys who mm-hmm. find a friend. And that's yeah. not a bad theme. Nope. Now, um, this is like an updated version, right? Like you, this, your Black White Cookie was originally like, premiered like just before the pandemic shut everything down like like you've you've used the the last three years to update it a little bit right yes yeah i i I had to layer in when i it went back you know to be in a production i said well i have to address covid without making it about covid but i I, people you know would have to would say well wait what's happening because that is just no the moment of our, of our, of our time. It will, it's going to be a very long time before anyone ever forgets that, nor should we. Yeah. Um, right. So, yeah. So I had to, to, to layer that in and actually it deepened things. It deepened the characters and the story. Right. What about production wise though? Like I, whoops, sorry, I bumped a number. I feel like not just the story, but production wise, obviously you had to kind of re rejig everything because it's not just people you know, in front of their screens. Right. Right. Well, then, I mean, I'm lucky is that all I have to do this summer is show up. That's true. Okay. <laughs> right. As the writer, I, I you're not, you don't have to deal with production, right? No, no, because I'm not very good at that. That's not my, my skill set. I have no aptitude. I'm just, I would be a mess to do that. So it's always fascinating to see the different sets that they're going to use. Um, and the different, uh, you know, costumes they're going to use and the different interpretations. The, 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 the wonder, the beauty of theater. Karen, you're still involved with that theater company, right? In, in Baltimore? You know, so actually, you know what I'm uh, Yeah, that theater company is closed because um, 
no. Our theater was right near a river, and the river was angry one day and like flooded oh, no. the entire I'm complex. Sorry. And we, yeah, no, it's okay, it's okay. We all had been. It was maybe the right time, right? We were all pretty. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that was that. We, but yes, and was involved for a long time with a local theater company. Yeah. Yes. So you know what I'm, I'm saying? Where I live. It's you, you know you. As a writer, if you write novels, it's just your name on the cover. That's it. Good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's all me. But with a play, it's it's the collaboration. And it's just so wonderful to see people, you know, bring characters to life and have different interpretations. And then, of course, the magic of the um, the audience. And, and I, one of the most um, satisfying things is in the first production in, in Maryland, uh, Melvin Smith, who played the lead of Harold Wilson, in fact, he won a Broadway World Award for Best Actor. The play actually won an award for be- um, for its regional production of Best Play, and um, and then Harold uh, and, and Melvin was uh, is a labor organizer, very liberal, and he said mm-hmm. dur- after during a talk back, he said at first it was like, oh, he read the play and he doesn't agree with anything Harold is saying, but he said over time. While he didn't necessarily still agree, he could at least see the perspective. And it made me feel so good because that's what it's all about. I don't expect people to leave the theater, you know, changing their party affiliation. I mean, it's not, you know, come on. (laughs) That's not – but if someone listens and just sees the other point of view, that's all. I think that's just, you know, if you're touched, and that's that's the beauty of the theater. Yeah. Sorry, my phone's making noise. Oh, I do hear that. It's a loud, uh, that was a loud uh, alert there. Um, yeah. uh, so, Jamie and I were talking a little bit earlier about the last time you were our guest, um, Gary. Uh, we were discussing your YouTube production. Um, yes, I didn't know you were watching, but yeah. Uh, well, you know, we we enjoyed watching it and talking about it, but Thank you know, you. we were talking about like how how did that experience of trying to like be a playwright and bring a play to like the like what did that did that teach you about writing or I mean it's a different kind of writing or did it did it like did that inform your update of Black and White Cookie in any way? Well, all, all writing helps and characters the I the door opens to the other side and the characters walk in and then they come, you know, and then you just deal with them and you, you, you know, I know it sounds very trippy. Well, I did a lot of drugs in the seventies college, but you know, you, um, but you, you deal with them and you learn and they, they speak to you and they take over. Many writers say that, you know, our, our, our characters will just take over the scene. The most beautiful thing is in the world is when they're writing it, that that's the the best way to put it. You're, you're really not writing it so much, and they're doing it. They're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so, yes, it, it helped. And, and uh, what's going to be really fun for these productions is the first two, it was mask mandated. So it's, and oh. this sounds like this is the typical writer ego, okay, the hubris. Um, so you, you can't hear people laughing as loudly through the mask. Oh, even yeah. in the audience. Oh. Yeah. Right. So, so I have no excuse if no one's laughing this time if I don't hear it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> so you could tell yourself that you just, it, it was funny. We just couldn't hear them or, yes. I mean, 
or for an actor on the stage who's waiting for that laughter to hit the beat and yeah, move to the next time. Sure. You don't yes. have that there, right? No. Hmm. No, and you need that. That's the whole experience. And the audience is eavesdropping. That's the beauty. I don't like plays where there's a wink and a nod and breaking the fourth wall. I think that's that's lame, frankly. I, I think it mm-hmm. should be that the audience is tiptoed in, is eavesdropping, and seeing the rawness, the unguarded moments. You know, that's not always pretty. It usually yeah. isn't pretty because we're not, you know, the things we say when we don't think we're being watched, and that's what a play should be about. Right. And saying the words, and sometimes you say emotions and things which are, um, you know, a little, you know, troubling. Um, one, one actress had told me, um, who played the, um, the role of this act, uh, of the character who's anti-Semitic, and her boyfriend's Jewish, and uh, the, the, the actress, and she said, well, she was worried about bringing, inviting his parents, you know? <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. <laughs> but, okay. and, and when it premiered in, in Maryland, um, when a critic scolded me, they scolded me. They said, well, how could I use anti-Semitic tropes when there's a rise in anti-Semitism as if somehow talking about it, I was contributing to it instead of I'm showing that it's wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, you want to talk about our culture and the woke and what you can say. Be so careful. Yeah, but you can't be careful. As long as you're not purposely, I see, I don't like when people purposely are shocking, purposely use, you know, the, you know, the, the, the prejudice, the, the nasty prejudice words. Okay. We know them. we don't have to mm-hmm. even remotely touch on them. We know what they all are. And it's one thing if people say it, but you don't have to hammer someone over the head by repeating it. It's like, right. I'm sorry, with sex in movies and, and especially TV, it's like, I know you're going to go to bed. You don't have to show me. Done. Whatever happened to yeah. people starting, you see, they're about to kiss. Bada bing, it's, they're having breakfast the next morning. We know what happened. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Leave something to the imagination there. Yes. Thank you. Um, you know, right? There are websites. If you want that sort of action, <laughs> there are places to go. But you don't, yeah. it's, it's simply not, unless there's going to be something that changes the story of the characters or some problem. Okay. But uh, it's just yeah. like, you know, I check my phone when those scenes come on. You know, you know, leave me alone. Oh, thank God like AJ is not here. AJ, AJ always complains so about a sex scene. <laughs> yeah. And then the woman has all these clothes on at the end of the sex. Like they wake up in bed and she's got all these clothes on. And he's like, what are you yes. what? Like AJ, TV. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yes. Okay, so if you're going to do it, do it right. <laughs> Otherwise, don't do it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But, you know, we could talk so, about... But yeah, I, said, I, I think HBO shows, it seems like they have a requirement to have X amount of sex scenes in each show. <laughs> Whether they're needed yeah. or not. Show yeah, them in it's, there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very... T- well, and you just see what has happened to movies, you know. I, I'm like, you, I, I, I love the movies, and I'm a member of BAFTA, the British Academy, Film and Television Arts, and it used to be I was in my glory at all the screenings and the screeners and, and the portal once it became digital, and I just increasingly don't find many quality movies. The new Mission Impossible movie was great fun, 
I'm, I'm looking forward yep, to Oppenheimer. Yes. Oh, you oh, really yeah. should. I was very glad to read a really bad review of Barbie. Because <laughs> I just, um, I, I don't know why. I maybe I'm, Maybe you guys will love it. I don't know. But it was just like, really? That's what we're doing? You're not no, the target audience, audience. Gary. Yeah, you're, you're not the target audience, audience for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Fine. Fine. I'm sure it's a wonderful movie. What am I saying? What yeah. I had a, a flash. I, you know, re- but but really, just how many movies, wonderful movies this year have you seen? Yeah. Not uh, that many, right? Well, I'm waiting for Oscar season. <laughs> I don't even that often go anymore. It's so expensive. I go yes. see Marvel movies. Yeah. That's about it because I can't afford the rest. And then you're yeah. going and, for the flashbang, but it is what yeah. it is. <laughs> um, yes, and it's a superhero, uh, and that's so, you know, coming so familiar now. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you just reminded me, Gary, your comments a couple minutes ago about, like, um, being able to, like, laugh together at a film or a movie or whatever. I heard this story yeah. on, my on like, my local – I was listening to, like, driving down 95 for a few hours, NPR. and I'm, like, listening – I listened to my local NPR station. I think it was the Philly NPR station. So it's a show like, it's like Reveal or one of these long form shows, right? And I can't remember the name of the play, but they were talking about this play that ran, I guess, in New York. And it had like a, a, like a black cast and it was like a storyline that was like about black characters, I guess. And in the audience, they put up monitors so the audience could see themselves and you could see that, like, black audience members would laugh at some things and white people wouldn't. And then at other points, the white people would laugh, but the black people wouldn't. But by the end of it, everybody was laughing all at the same time. And, like, huh. white people were able to see, oh, that is funny. Like, the black people are laughing. Like, black people think that's funny. Okay, I get it. I don't have to, like, not, you know. And then yeah. black audience members were like, oh, the white people think that's funny. Oh, I get And, like, huh. by the end, everybody was kind of all laughing together and I just I just pulled up my local NPR schedule to try to figure out what show that was but I can't um find it. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the, I hate when I can't remember the name to give credit to the creator but sure. I can't right now. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um well, anyway, and let like me, being let me able let to you guys see each other. Finish up and go yeah. do what you have to do to talk about Barbie without me. We will but but <laughs> Give us, give us, give us before you go. Give us the dates and the locations again, so everybody knows where to catch the show. Yeah. And Freehold's about an hour from where I am. But are you going to go oh. to Freehold? Yes, I'm going to be there all three Sundays. Okay. So, and there'll be talkbacks. Oh, that's wonderful. I would love to see you. Okay, it's about an hour from my dad's house here in Jersey, where I am right now in North Jersey. Um, I'm just always in the middle of nothing, so I can't be. I know. Sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll send you an email. Get, I'll send you an email, Gary, and I'll try to get down there. That'd be fun. Yes. Oh, that would be. That I would love to. I would love for you to see it. Yes. So it's going to be in Los okay. Angeles, July twenty-first through August twentieth, at nine oh five Cole Theater. Um, and you and for anyone who wants tickets, you go to um, cookie.bpt.me, and and you mm-hmm. buy your tickets and. August 11th through 27th for three weekends. It'll be at Center Players in Freehold, New Jersey, and at centerplayers.org. Great. 
All right. All right. Fantastic. All right. I hope well, thanks I hope so much for joining us. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah. And I'm sorry I wasn't as I talkative. I'm kind of like still no. <laughs> under the influence of my all my pain stuff. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Feel better. That's all right. right. Thanks so much. Thanks. Say hi to AJ. All right. We will. We will. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care, Gary. Bye-bye. 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 All right, Jamie, I, I keep looking at you've got your hand up in the studio. Uh, I don't know how to put it down, but that's okay. Oh, I, I did that probably when I first dialed in. I pressed one to get through because I always do that. To get through, yeah. Just ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm through. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. So that was a great conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and I didn't know now, a lot of that stuff about Sharknado either. That was kind of interesting I didn't to hear that. That's cool. That's cool. Yep. Yeah, Mary. to hear his, his insider's take on it. You know, there um, really isn't so, a lot of like silly stuff like that though now as much i hadn't really thought about it no. but i wish like, they'd make look. a new one because <laughs> i thought of that when you no, said like i want to see a new one i unfortunately did not get to watch to... the marathon because i was getting my mouth done and then in bed but i do yeah. i would like to see it again it's been forever you know what else i had that was a really cool gimmick that they did i had one whoops my mom dropped something, sorry. I had mm-hmm. uh, won, they had a contest that, that, I'm pretty sure it was, yeah, it had to have been through sci-fi, that they had a, a Twitter contest. You could win um, these, I need to find them, I get them out sometime. These fill-up light bulbs that were like the LED, you could program them with your phone. And if you put them oh, yeah? in during Sharknado, like when somebody got killed, like it was supposed to like flash red. So that was like oh, yeah. cool. I remember, I remember <laughs> I tried cool. them the one time in the in the living room because my where I was watching them didn't have the right kind of light, but I had tried them once. That was kind of a cool, interesting thing, but the idea didn't really take off because no other thing ever used them. So yeah, right. It was a one shot deal. <laughs> I went yeah. one year. I went as a Sharknado for Halloween. It was not that first year, but you know the Sharknado really movies came out. Like five of them came out in like three years. And I, like, bought, like, one of those shark, you know, those hats that look like a shark head. And then I, like, made this thing out of wire and, like, white gauzy fabric. And I sewed all these little sharks onto it. That was so uh, funny. I, I did not know for I wanted to see a yeah, picture. I couldn't really sit down. I'll see if I can get a picture for you of my Sharknado costume. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah. So, all right. Well, we got Very some regular TV to cover. Um, we yeah, got only four shows nice tonight, scene, and, and but... you know, we're getting to the end of some seasons, and then with the strike, uh, there won't be much TV to cover, uh, and actors won't be doing much, so I guess we'll enjoy the TV we got while we got it, right? Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of stuff, I think, like in the can that's going to be on yeah. TV for a while, but after, the thing is, after a certain point, even if the strike's up, that like, they'll be back, not black long, but you know what I mean? Like, they don't have the stuff backed up. So there's still well, going to be, like, a big yeah. space where we don't see stuff. We'll have to decide, well, and, you know, what we're going to do. And stuff that's in the can, the networks can air it, but actors won't do promo, won't do press for it while they're on strike. Right. Uh, yeah, right. But, I mean, so. even after strike, like, you got to wait for them to remake things. Like, there's still going to be a gap yeah. whether they go back on. Yeah, because so. the writers are on strike also. Uh, and yes. so yes. Uh, we'll have to cover, um, and it's not just TV, it's movies. We'll have to cover reality TV and uh, theater and, uh, I don't know, YouTube. We'll <laughs> find entertainment to cover. Um, yeah, video games maybe. Can want, can do video games. Yeah. But, but for now, how about we take Dead City? 
Sounds like a plan. All right. All right. So last this episode is of the penultimate episode. Now, this one I was going to say sort of revealed more about what was going on with the Croat. That when you said things earlier in the season, I I couldn't. I was going to say, well, not exactly what's going on, but I couldn't really say anything. But you said you weren't really like that surprised by the storyline still. Well, I, I wasn't that surprised by the Maggie storyline. I thought the Maggie storyline was a, a twist that really was not a surprise. Like, like we had talked oh, earlier in the season. No, yeah, that was kind of a given. Like, like what, like what was she really using Megan for, and what really was going on with Maggie, right? And there were some holes in the story, so that was kind of not a. Uh, and, and like the fact that Amato turns out. He didn't figure it out sooner. You know what I mean? Like you would think yeah. that Negan would have kind of caught on to it, but it, he, I mean, he kind of deserves everything he gets. So just for all the stuff he did before, I can't say that you should feel bad for him. You know, I mean, no. and, and he, he continues to have dialogue that says things like, I'm not who you think I am. Like I have changed. And then they keep like showing Maggie having the night, like they keep re-airing that footage, that, that scene of Glenn being killed, which I don't really, like maybe um, keep seeing. Right. I don't need to keep seeing it. I don't really like it. And they're like, I, I guess we're to believe that 15 years later, Maggie continues to have the same nightmare every night. I mean, I guess maybe she does. There are no psychiat, there's no psychology in the in the right. She can't go to therapy. Well, but to be um, fair, I mean, I think anybody, if they were in forced contact with the person that did that, you'd probably be mm-hmm, having nightmares mm-hmm. too. So I mean, yes. Yeah. Like, it's just, like I get it. Like, it, I don't need to see it, but at the same time, she shouldn't be over it. I mean, it isn't something you just move on from that easy, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I thought the twist with the Croat, I, I maybe didn't see as much. I mean, I, I guess we discussed, was it possible that he reported to someone bigger, but that it was this cuckoo lady. It, she really reminded me of Angelica Houston in the in the John Wick film where she's, like, staging this, like, crazy-ass, like, ballet rehearsal when John Wick comes to see her, and she's, like, like I felt like this. I've also seen people describe her as, like, this woman, the Dama, they call her, as a Patty Lapone type, but that this woman is actually the boss of the Croat was kind of surprising to me the way they did it. I mean, do I love it or think it's believable? I don't know, but it, it did surprise me. I give them credit for that. Yeah, the fact that so, he's not that he's not like the big scary guy he pretends to be either is kind of like surprising. Like the way he changes, you know, around okay. her is sort like, of surprising too. Oh yeah, like he's so subservient to her and so like kind of maybe afraid of her, and he kisses her. He kneels down and like kisses her hand, and she yeah, hits him like, on the head like he's a little surprised me. Right? Not not sure it makes tons of sense but it surprised me i question though that his relationship with negan that like he that negan didn't i don't know like he unless maybe he changed after that i I don't know like i don't know if that was really what he wanted all along was to be subservient or what i have no clue it's weird but um but yeah that part was surprising to me did it 100 percent make yeah. sense with his character maybe not but you know it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, I, I the the character that most 
not, I don't want to say it doesn't make sense because it fits with his character, but that get, annoys me that he does it is the fact that um, the marshal, no matter how many times Deacon saves the poor guy, he's still like, I'm taking you in. Like, dude, give it a rest. You know, they're not going to yeah. know. Just forget about it. But, um, yeah, because their, their and, scenes and, were good. I liked a lot of that. Well, and Megan also, like, points out, like, like your, ma- you, like, your fellow magistrates are, are, like, bad dudes. Like, you think you're some sort of, like, 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 probably acts like you're some kind of su- ethically, morally superior person who's coming to, to get Megan. And Megan's like, those guys you work for, like, they got, we don't even know what they did to Annie, but it wasn't good, right? Like, they beat her and left her. I mean, it's like, if you had seen her condition, you'd have killed them yourself, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it, it, it sort of, like, brings the marshal, Pearly is his name, terrible name, um, out of his shell a little bit. And they, they have this, like, little bit of, I guess, Megan and he kind of, like, bond a little bit. But yeah, he's totally being a jerk. He's going to save his life like three times now, right? And he's like, you're under arrest. I'm going to yeah. shoot his nail gun and let you come with me. Uh, and even whenever I mean, he, he at first tries to, to let him go and like throws the walker at him or whatever, then he's like, he feels bad and he goes back and he still saves the poor guy. And he's still, right? So, yeah. They're like, really, I mean, Negan I know they want, be... I, yeah, Negan's changed. At least they want us to believe he's changed. But uh, some of that, I think, is, well, is funny, though, when he does that, because he's, like, yeah. still still yelling at I him. mean, he, um, he was kind of, like, Negan was the first person in the franchise to say people are a resource. And, like, Negan always claimed, Negan claimed he didn't kill people unnecessarily. Like, he totally people, killed Glenn. He tried not to kill Yeah, him. <laughs> yeah and he totally, well, totally killed Glenn. killed Glenn unnecessarily and Abraham, really, and... Yeah. Um, I mean, he says one thing and does another, but um, he's definitely, uh, I mean. Well, I think like with this show, you kind of have to disregard a lot of the other show, you know. Show, like, except they keep showing it, right? They keep showing yeah, Glenn. It, it's kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, that. I agree. That makes it kind of hard. Yeah. Um, you have all that juxtaposed with Ginny. And Maggie, mm. and like mm-hmm. Maggie saying, you know, he's this horrible guy. You don't know who he is, and yet she's totally lying and tricking Negan in order to go save her son. And obviously, Jenny kind of figures that out when she writes, you know, in the blood on that. Um, I mean, to her, Maggie's the bad guy. I mean, I, I get Maggie, and she's trying to get her to see, but at the same time, Negan has not done anything but help Ginny. And I feel like Maggie is kind of a little naive to think that she can get her mad at him just because she don't like Negan. Like, in this, we, we've talked about before that in this world, you know, people do bad things and for different reasons, but everybody's done things. So it's kind of like to a young girl who he saved her, like that's what she knows, that's what she's going to gravitate towards. And no matter yeah. what Maggie says, she's not going to suddenly switch to Maggie's side. But, um, yeah, I mean, so there's kind of that storyline going on. And then... Well, and... Go ahead. You're saying then... No, I was going to and I was going to say, and then the other part was with them going through the the methane walkers. And you had asked before, had mentioned about them making um, fuel or whatever. So they finally sort of explained a little more of of where the methane's coming from. But yeah, um, it, it's like a 
it's a little ridiculous, and I don't yeah, know I don't if it's scientifically possible, but I appreciate that they're at least trying to give a right. reason instead of like on all the other Walking Dead shows where you just drive around everywhere and nobody even knows. Like on Fear, they're just driving around and nobody even really explains where the fuel's coming from. At least this show is trying to give you, and I don't care if it's a bad right. explanation. Like it's I don't really gave an explanation. Right. I, I like that, right? I'm glad they tried yeah. to at least explain why I was driving around New York. Um, yeah. Did you were yeah. you surprised when it turned out that Tommaso was on was like totally a mole for the Croat, and maybe has and has been all along like not not just with like Maggie but long before Maggie showed up he's been like you know Maya's like he's like yeah, Maya's like what you captured. leading him to our hideout since he well I don't ever since he was captured long, since he was captured yeah I mean yeah. I guess the point yeah. was or the plan was is that the Croat was going to give him and Amaya a boat. But he was going to let everybody else die. So I don't know how anybody but could be okay with lying. that. Yeah, you were going to save us. And kill. Yeah, the Croat could have definitely been lying too. I mean, but even if, but my point is, even if he wasn't, even if he really was going to let him and her go at the expense of everybody else's lives, that's not okay either. It really is irrelevant whether yeah. or not he would have kept his promise, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and like I said, yeah. I had talked to... Karina, who played uh, Amaya, and I did that before the mm-hmm. strike started, but um, I put okay. that up Sunday so people can read cool. that. Um, so, yeah, because we kind of talked about, like, how she felt, would feel like about his reasoning for that, and, you know, if she could, if her character could have done something like that, because um, it's definitely, yeah, you know, harsh. And then we also get that weird mutated, I don't know what the hell that was supposed to be. If that was, oh, I, I thought from the preview it was like some mutation from like, you know, like it was going to be that it was in radioactive something. I don't know what I expected. I don't quite get what caused it, but. So they have a little after show. It's not like there's no um, Talking Dead for this show, uh, but there is a little like after, if you watch it on air, when it airs, you don't watch it. I don't know if you get it on AMC Plus. I watch screeners. Record, so I, watch it. I record it on my DVR, and it gets this little like five or nine minute after show. Maybe it's ten minutes. I don't know. And it's like the creator or the showrunner, whoever, talk. I I think he's like in his house, like you know, on a camera. Yeah. Talking, and they, it, it's interspersed with clips or And so he explained it. This is an idea that he had a long time ago and wanted to bring to life. And it's basically like three walkers that got mushed together. He he said it's like, what if there was a bunch of walkers that were all like deteriorating and like one walker kind of pushed through the other walker's chest and then another one kind of like got, and it's like three walkers that kind like, of like, because they were in that pile of walkers for years, they kind of like merged, you know, like glommed together. They got tangled up together basically. And so like when the head pops out of the chest, it's not really like a, it's like it's not really like a mutant with two heads. It's like a walker that More got like stuck to another walker. Together. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, a few walkers, and they slightly. Sh- slightly. <laughs> yeah, but it's a and cool they idea. showed how they. Yeah, makes sense. And they showed um, like some behind the scenes footage how they did it. There was basically one actor, like, dre- like done up as a walker. And then, like, all the extra heads and arms and everything were puppets. And so all the puppet operator people, the puppet masters, were all dressed in green to be green screened out 
and they would have like a stick to like operate the arm. Extra heads were battery powered, and they showed this sort of like behind this behind the scenes footage of like the actor and the, and the puppeters working together. I'm curious if that's on the on demand ones if they have them. I like watching stuff like that. The, the movie. I know you do. Stuff. I know you love that stuff. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Mm. But so uh, by the end of it, yeah, it turns it out that good. Maggie's a right. Yeah. I mean, this show does look pretty good, I think. Um, yeah. And, uh, but so usually it turns out most by of the end, of dead stuff does look good. I mean, the, the, the way it yeah. looks. I mean, they have some good. Yeah. Uh, so listen, so by the end, it turns out that Maggie's like a big fat liar. And it's not true. That, you know, she's been telling the story about how the Croat came and stole all their supplies. <laughs> it's kind of like and she elaborates. Story. Do you notice that? Well, that's what yeah. I thought and then, immediately. She basically said what Negan did to them. She, well, she basically had been telling that story. She was telling that story since the beginning, but she told it a little bit more this week. And, and the idea, I think, was that the crook kidnapped Herschel to force Maggie to keep providing supplies every month. And if she doesn't, yeah. Herschel's going to be killed, right? And that's the story mm-hmm. she's been telling. Uh, and, like, Ginny found out the truth. Uh, I did like when Ginny painted Liar on the Wall in Blood um, because she, she found – she knows all the grain is still at this place. It's not the hilltop. It's called The Bricks, this place where Maggie's been living. Um, and okay, is that why she knew? Because I thought that they were implying she knew because she found the wanted poster. Because that's why I was confused because I was thinking that poster didn't really mean anything because – yeah, Maggie knew that her, they were after Negan. That didn't necessarily right. yeah. have anything to do with it. Did they show no. her in the grave? They showed a flashback. No, they showed it. Maybe it wasn't in the screener you saw. So do you remember, a couple like at the beginning when Herschel, when Negan's like, I'll go with you, but you got to take care of Ginny. And Maggie's like, yeah, I'll send her back to the place where I live, and they'll take care of her, right? And so Ginny stays there for like a day and then follows them to New York. So they showed a little flashback in this episode where Ginny is at the bricks, the community, and she's like wandering around exploring and she goes into a barn and sees like a ton of grain is being stored in this like silo. And so when Maggie starts telling this story to Tommaso okay, in this episode about sense. how I don't remember seeing that. I probably did. I probably maybe, don't remember it. Or yeah. if it could have not been so, there, it might have just been but yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in this episode, when Maggie wondered. tells Tommaso, like, oh, he came and he took all of our grain and my people are going to starve to death and i got to get my son back. And that's why she writes liar because Jimmy's like, I saw the grain. You're totally full of it, right? And then she found the flyer, and so she's got it all figured out that the Croat took Herschel to force Maggie to bring Negan to him, which is completely stupid, right? Like, yeah. I'm sorry, Croat, the you can't take I Negan think- on your own. I know, but the thing that, that, in my opinion, kind of irritates me more is I feel like better writing, and this is just my opinion. I mean, I'm not a writer, but I feel like a better story would have been if Maggie had come to Negan and said to Negan, they kidnapped Herschel, they'll only give him back if I give you to them. Negan would have totally made a coup with her, and they could have faked it. And they could have yep. done it, yep. and nobody would have been pissed, and that would have been a better story, yep. in my opinion. Because Negan would have totally risked his life, I feel, if he had known. It is well, I, think I mean, it is well. Him is yes. stupid. 
I feel like it's well-established part of Negan's character that he has a soft spot for children, right? Yeah. And that he would definitely help her. And, and that I, I think that he he knows Maggie. Like the whole previous Walking exactly. Dead season, the last season of Walking and Dead. And I just would have rather her. seen that than her I think you're totally him. right. I think you're right. And I think what they come up with doesn't make any sense because, like, the crow is sitting there on Manhattan Island, right? And I guess for 15 years he's wanted to get Negan and suddenly he, like, I'm sorry, is there some sort of brand new internet that he found out where Negan is and where he lives and how How to find him? finding Maggie somehow make him know about Negan? That part didn't make sense either, but... How would he know that Maggie knows Negan? Maggie hasn't seen Negan in years, according to the timeline of the show, right? And, like, why would he know that uh, Maggie knows Negan? Why would he know that Negan would help Maggie? Like, it just makes no sense why the crowd would know any of this. And then why right. he puts that wanted poster out with these marshals or whatever. Well, the, like, the wanted what, poster, I think, came from the marshals. I don't think the Croat did that. That was because they were after him for the ones he killed that tried to hurt Annie. Which I also think it's really a cop-out that they didn't even put, you know, Annie and his kid in this show. That yeah, they went on a wagon train, which makes no sense. I I also think, like, I like the Croat can't find Negan, but Maggie seemed to find him. I don't know how long she's been looking, but Maggie found him, right? Like, why couldn't the Croat find him? And if you want to bring Negan to you, isn't it more effective to kidnap Negan's child? Then the kid, like he had a child in a way that Croat could have kidnapped. Why is he kidnapped? Like it, right? Yeah. All of that makes no sense. And I and your suggestion really is is better writing character development wise. Like because you're right, he would totally. Maggie's like, listen, they want me to trick you into coming with. Just and if they want to redeem his character, that to me also would go more towards that. If that's what they're trying to do, which it seems like they are. So, yeah, that he I knew that it was a trap. Maybe they think we'll be, like, totally shocked because Maggie betrayed him. Uh, no, <laughs> that wasn't shocking. Yeah. Maybe they think it was. That's the only thing I yeah. can figure. And so I, yeah. I hope that next week's finale will resolve this other plot hole for me, which is this idea that, okay, so the Croat reports to this, this woman. The, I, I know she's called the Dama because this is what the, the showrunner was calling her in the after show this week, the Dama, they call her. Um, and so this, this woman who's like his boss, they have this conversation about how, like, we've built a big sanctuary here in New York, and we knew eventually people would come to take it from us. And so now we need Negan to help, which I, I don't understand why they need Negan. How, is Negan some sort of superhero who's going to help them defend New York? Um, I don't know. I guess also, like the it, best, you know, leader ever. If they That's think kind of people are coming to New York, why do they keep letting them come? Like, they always know you're there, and then they burn. Why do you burn their boat so they can't leave? Why don't you put them back in their boat and be like, get the hell out of New York. This is our place, right? Uh, like, I don't get that part. And I don't really get why Negan is some part of their plan. And also, like, nobody wants – I'm not aware that anybody wants New York. There's, like, literally, like, 8 million zombies in New York City. Like, literally millions <laughs> yeah. of zombies. Millions of people lived in this tiny little island, like – like, it's not a sanctuary. Why would you want to go there? We've never in 10 years of these shows heard people be like, oh, I hear New York is great. Let's go to New York, right? No, they're like, I heard about Alexandria. I heard about that. Like, every place else you've heard of, almost like, we got to get to New York. Like, it just doesn't make – maybe this will all be filled in next right. week. But it doesn't really seem like this great sanctuary. He's a horrible, horrible person that runs the show. He keeps them all, like – he feeds them all drugs. He 
like he's just another whack job, right? Right. He's not right. even like the governor. Like the governor seemed like this really nice guy outside, right? The yeah, this guy that seems like a bad guy and is a yeah. bad guy. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that will be answered for me next week. Like what what is the plan that the Barazzi have? Um, and why like why do they want why do they feel like they need Negan? Like they've lured Negan there not for revenge or to kill him, right? It sounds like they've lured Negan there because they need him for a plan, right? Yeah, he, when, especially when Negan first comes in, he acts like they're old friends. I don't know why he – that was the other weird thing. I think we had this conversation the other time when we talked, though, like the fact that he yeah. wasn't, like, ready to kill Negan. He's like, oh, here, I'll give you the marshal. Like, <laughs> he's not. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing before we, we end this, I did want to mention – I'm looking at the pictures, I mm-hmm. think, because I didn't want to forget. Yeah. They did have a, a nod to the original series. I don't know if you noticed it. I didn't notice it until I was getting pictures for the episode, so I totally missed it. But um, the one door that they have blocking, it says, don't open dead outside. It's kind of like oh, yeah. a yeah. nod to the original. So that was kind of cool. That was cool, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, one um, more episode. I, I noticed that when I watched it, yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, so, I, you know, I think this show has flaws, as do, you know, but, uh, and some of them are typical for Walking Dead, but this is a lot better than, like, it's a lot better than the last, like, four seasons of Fear, and it's yep. a lot better than the last several seasons of, of Walking Dead, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, and we said this last no. week, yeah, but we said this last week, but having fewer main characters is is really helpful. Yeah. Right? We get the same yeah. few people every week. Be way too many on the other shows. Mm-hmm. Way too mm-hmm. many. Right. So, all right. Okay. Uh, you, saw, you saw Secret Invasion? Yes. Yes, I just saw that earlier today. When you were okay. asking so about you, the podcast, I'm like, oh, crap, i got to go watch it. So I watched it. I forgot about it. So you speak it. first because I watched it like three days ago. So you giving your impressions will remind me of my impressions. Um, I'm mad about Talos. <laughs> That's my main impression. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My second yeah. impression is that we had, we had both mentioned um, – and I am so bad with names anymore, Karen. The one that's from Game of Thrones, whatever the hell her name is, his daughter. Um, Amelia Clark. Had, Gaia. Gaia yeah, on the show. Yeah, Gaia. That's it. Um, we had said last week that we didn't think she'd be dead because it didn't make sense they brought her on the show just for a tiny bit. And we were right. So I was not surprised. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool how they had it that um, she, you know, went in that machine and got her superpowers or whatever. Like, it made sense at least. Um, it was just yeah. something that was, like, done behind the scenes we hadn't seen. So I, I like that. Um, we we had kind of theorized before that Rhodey might have been not himself. And this is where we get back yeah. again. Does that mean he's dead? Does that mean he's captured? We don't know. But um, so we were right about that. Although I swear that one, he came out of the shower. Wasn't that a, a girl scroll? It sure looked like it. I don't know. Maybe I just inferred it was, but it looked like a girl scroll. Oh, so that was kind of weird. I don't but anyway, know, but not that it matters. I, I just, for whatever reason, that was what... I, I guess there's me. no reason a female no, scroll no couldn't take a male body, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just for whatever reason, it, it just stuck out to me as being a little odd. But um, oh. So there, there's that. The only thing that kind of surprised me is, okay, the fact that um, 
he put the tracker in him. I thought was funny the way he did it because he basically told him he put a oh, tracker yeah. in it. <laughs> but um, yeah, the thing that kind of surprises me is that this scroll is like more still like telling him that Fury is a pain in the ass, and he's like, I'll still protect you. So you don't go to jail for all this, but if you don't leave me alone, I have this to blackmail you with. But he he still doesn't quite get that Fury has already figured out he's not human. Well, at least I assume he's figured out he's not human. Well, yeah. Because I I, all Rody... I kept thinking is, I kept thinking, okay, it's sad if his wife betrayed him, but I kind of get it, but I really don't think Rhodey's also bad, is what I kept thinking. Like, it's got to be a yeah. scroll. So I figure he probably figured well, it out, too. But it never seemed to but, yeah. occur to him. Like. Fury comes in and he says, like, oh, Rhodey, I'm here to tell you, I heard there's a scroll imposter really close to the president. I know. Like, like, I thought what? he was saying, I know you're not human. <laughs> like, that's and, what I thought I, at and first. I thought, yeah. And I thought Rhodey was saying, I know you know. <laughs> but that's but not I don't what think happened. He was. Like, then, he was just saying, you're a pain in no. the ass. <laughs> that's what he was saying. Then Rhodey goes to the president, and there's that weird line where the president was like, are you drunk? Get him a cup of coffee, Right. Because we've just been drinking <laughs> yeah. the Pac Man Winkle, <laughs> um, yeah. which was kind of weird. And then it turns out, like, it really seemed that Rhodey didn't know that Fury knew, which was crazy to me because Fury basically came in and was like, I know, and I'm putting you on notice, right? That's what I thought, um, too. That's why I was a little confused. But yeah, I think Rhodey, scroll Rhodey, was just saying, you know, leave me alone or I'm going to make your life hell. You're a pain in the ass. You're fired. Not that you know the truth. So, yeah. Um, why not I don't know how, Why not just kill him? Why did he just kill him? Yeah. Well, but that's just it. I don't <laughs> think he realized Fury knew or he might have. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm curious what's going to happen, though, because I find it kind of interesting that, like, the whole scene with um, Gaia and her father, like, his plan was not a plan. Like, he was kind of yeah. just, too optimistic. Like, that was never going to work. So, his she plan was like, wait, his plan was like, his plan was like, I'll talk to the president. And we'll say, we and saved you, like now us. you need to save us back. And they'll just be nice and let us stay here. Like, it's, it's never going like, to happen. How long have you lived here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you still haven't figured never it out. Happen. I mean, I appreciate yeah. that he doesn't want to kill the people and everything, but he needs a better plan. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's that. But, yeah, I think it was a pretty good episode. I think it's getting better as it goes. Like I said, I think the first one was, like, really slow, and then it started getting better. Yeah. I just don't like their film main characters. That irritates me. Like, the the series are supposed to almost, to me, a lot of them are sort of like a, a side story from the movies, you know? And yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. The fact that they're killing really big, important people surprised me. Well, but like as Maria Hill, was, I get it. AJ was saying it was in the comic book, and I get that. Really I guess. But I, I was like, right? kind of pissed they killed Talos too, though. Like, I don't know. It irritated me they killed him. I mean, I liked yeah, him. I didn't want it, to yeah, die. That they, that they killed Talos was kind of surprising. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did they do it like like? I, I AJ's not here to ask. Does Talos die in the comic? And that's why they did it. You know, did they do it to give the Amelia Clark character a bigger role? Is she now part of the Marvel Universe, like, going forward? Like, these are all questions that tie into the larger Marvel Universe, which are annoying. Um, And given that 
they now have this machine where they keep people hostage and duplicate them means anyone who died could actually still be alive, except Taylor's probably. Um, well, yeah, anybody, any human, except for, I mean, it's confirmed that Maria Hill, it's confirmed that Maria Hill was killed, right? But, like, the Martin Freeman character, Did, they, Agent, did somebody uh, say that? Yeah, did somebody Maria say Hill that it was confirmed, or just AJ said that because she died in the comics? Uh, well, AJ said it because she died in the comics, and then, like, three characters in the show say she's dead, right? Like, her body is brought back to her mother to be buried, and Fury's like, yeah, she, like, a lot of people say she's dead, right? Um, yeah, and there's like no I evidence that she was duplicated, and I think um, Kobe Smulder said in an interview, like, as far as she knows, the character's dead, but who knows what happens with Marvel, right? Well, yeah, or it's even possible, too, that they could duplicate her after she's dead and she could come back playing a scroll too or something. I mean, well, yeah, don't know. Um, but, um, but yeah, she probably is. But like Martin Freeman's character, we don't really know. It could go either way. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, it's, it's hard to tell. And like, we don't know about Rhodey. Yeah. I would assume yeah. they're not dead, but. Don't I know. assume Rhodey's not dead because he's got probably more Avengers to do. Um Yeah. So it it turns out that in the end, Fury's wife, the I mean, Fury and his wife like shoot at each other, sort of, but not really. There's this confrontation, but in the end, like they're together, and she's not going to kill him. His wife, right? Right. They have that scene in the kitchen. So there's that. Uh, I've been saying yeah, last but week she did how kind I'm of enjoying. So. Well, she did like while he was gone, but I kind of don't blame. Uh, he said we kind of don't blame right. her, right? Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like I said last week, I've been kind of enjoying this, like, Fury, like, down on his Fury, like, being isolated and alone and all this kind of, like, I'm liking Fury. Fury's always, like, the badass guy who's, like, five steps ahead uh-huh. of everyone, and I'm liking him in this, the way they're doing this, but, I mean, the time is coming where we're getting our badass Fury back. Um, and he kind oh, of yeah. was in this episode, like, there's that whole thing with the president, and, like, Gravik is going to kidnap the president and duplicate what was the plan he, he was trying to get the president i don't know and trying to get kill him, him to, right? I, think, I don't know oh. maybe he was just get, trying to get him to attack russia no, or what trying to I, kill some him. of that stuff yes i think they were trying to make it look like russia killed the president of the u.s yeah so maybe. the u.s will retaliate because the whole planet makes... start a world war among humans and then yeah and then they take it's, the planet. It's not clear to me. It's not clear to me how he's going to take over in the middle of a war. Like, are they immune to nuclear fallout? Like, like the planet will be ruined. Why would you want a planet after a world war, right? Like, potentially, there could be nuclear strikes, right? Like, I don't know. Like, could I'm not really sure. Though. I'm not really sure how yeah, starting a know. war. Uh, but anyway, that was the plan to make it look like Russia killed the president, but Fury gets in there and rescues him. Saves the president. Yeah, I think right? you might be right with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Saves the president. So, Gravik's plan. Um, I don't love superpower Gravik, just because you know that I always sort of like don't like a character that is too powerful and can't be overcome. But I guess Gaia has a superpower. Like, I guess it well, could come down to a fight between him and Gaia. I don't know if they all have different powers or what. Because, like, he healed his bullet wound, but he also yeah. had, like, she did, but he also had that tree thing come out of his hand, his arm. He had like a Groot I mean, arm. I was like, wait, he has a Groot yeah. arm? What's up with that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I kind of agree with you, but I feel like it's in the Marvel universe, I guess it kind of fits, because in a world where they, there's mm-hmm. so many people with superpowers, it's not, like, it makes 
sense. Did they need to do it? Maybe not, but it doesn't like irritate me. Like maybe it would if it was a show not about super yeah. heroes and superpowers. Yeah. And I felt like with Gaia getting some powers, are they setting up like a showdown between Gaia and, and Gravik? Even more than yeah, maybe. Fury and Gravik, right? Like she'll fight him yeah. and she'll be um, kind of like not redeemed. She's not a bad character, but she was on his side, right? And now she. Well, but I are. think she was on his side. Be- I mean, I could be wrong, but I think probably a lot of them were on his side before they realized he was going to, like, yeah. you know, commit genocide. Oh, yeah. So yeah, he was acting like he was this really good leader, and then he, like, overthrew the entire leadership and decided to kill everyone. Like, you're absolutely right. They didn't yeah. know that. People didn't know that when they – they just needed a place to be safe. Yeah, and that's why I feel like, too, I don't think Gary's wife necessarily knew that either. So you can kind of forgive yeah. those people um, as long as they're not yeah. following him now. Yeah. I agree. So I don't think next week is the last episode. I think there might be a couple more left. I think it was episode seven, and maybe there's ten. Maybe there's three more. This was this definitely was seven, a... I think. No, this was five, think, right? This was five? I think it was five. No, this was five, I think. You're right. This was five. Because last week you we know, were like, what episode is it? I was like, yeah. It's, yeah, this I think this five. was five. And how many are there? This is five. I don't know. Let me look that up real quick while we're talking. Um, okay. Because... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. You know, it was seven. I think Lazarus was seven. That's what confused me. Um, so I'm going to Google it real quick while we talk um, and find out. Season Invasion. Secret, no, Season Invasion. Season Invasion. Secret Invasion. Um, it is. Did we service Disney? Blah, 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 blah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, five episodes? No, that's not true. Only five episodes? One, two, five episodes have, there are six episodes. And it was four, it was episode four that um, happened this week. So there are two more episodes. Okay. This was four of six that we saw. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens for two more weeks. So yeah. that's all that you got this week, right? And we don't have AJ to talk about Strange no. New Worlds. Sorry. Um, this week, I will tell you, Jamie, that this week on Strange New Worlds was a Spock episode. So it was like Ethan, heavily Ethan Peck, um, who plays Spock on the show. It was um, Spock because of some because of some space anomaly, blah blah, that happens in Star Trek. He gets turned temporarily human. And he, like, has regular ears, and he has emotions, and he basically, because he's never felt emotions before, he basically acts like a 13-year-old in every situation. Like, he, mm-hmm. he's never felt an emo- like, like his emotions are raging. And so it's really sort of like a comic relief episode um, with some serious, con- like, you know, he has to, like, he doesn't want his fiance to find out that he became a, you know, because she's Vulcan also. And so um, uh, there's a lot of, like, comedy involved um so that was a pretty good episode but not like you know season changing it was like one of the it was the comic relief episode from the first arc um and i'm really sorry that aj is not here because the lazarus project had its penultimate episode this week um and it was it it was an amazing (laughs) 
it's it's an episode that you know the last couple episodes have really like turned the main like like you're starting to who's the good guy who's the bad guy you know like what George did last week which was like you know he started a war in order to force the agency to turn back time so that his girlfriend would be alive again um and he killed a lot of people in the process but they all get brought back to life right so this girlfriend that left him uh well she no she hadn't left him have you watched this Oh, because she left him. Well, this that's week. right. She left him, and then they went back. Okay, sorry. No, I watched the beginning. You, yeah. I forgot that they went back, and she hadn't yet. She 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 gets mowed down by a garbage truck, and so he spends yeah. some time trying to figure out how to turn back time. But they only turn back time if the world's being like annihilated. So he's got to like set off a nuclear bomb in order to get them to turn back time, right? And so yeah. he successfully turned Which back time last week. One. Yeah. No, this but week works, really reminded me. Do you remember? You know when Harry, you know when Harry Potter, when Hermione goes, terrible things happen to wizards who mess with meddle with time, Harry, and that's like exactly yeah. what happens. Like George, George thinks <laughs> yeah. he can kill all these people, but he'll turn back time. They'll be alive again. It's fine, right? And then yeah. guess what? Like six months after he turns back time, she breaks up with him and leaves him. And so now he's like killed all these people, and and he's been forced to kill other people to like cover up for it. So now he's killed all these people, and now she leaves him anyway, right? Um, yeah. And and like, do you blow up a bomb? Like, what's he going to do? Set up a key? Anyway, it was really they're doing it. To me, I'm really enjoying the way the guy that you thought was the good guy and your entry into this world is making these like really morally questionable choices, and like, why is he doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was looking forward to discussing with AJ. I do recommend that you watch it when you get a chance. Perhaps while there's a strike on, maybe your workload will diminish and you'll have time to go yeah. back and watch some stuff. Yep, definitely. I will say, I did say mm-hmm. to one thing that I started watching because I had screeners for, not that I had to watch it, but I was waiting to see it. And yes, I know I probably should have watched something like that instead because you guys are waiting for me. I'm sorry. But I didn't feel good. So damn it, I watched what I wanted. Um, it's okay. I watched. Um, you do you. I watched the beginning. Yeah, I watched. I have, I'm not quite done with it yet, but I started watching season two of Good Omens. I know you said you you hadn't seen it or didn't watch it. Yeah, I really love that. It is so funny. It's even well, funnier this season great. than it was last season. So I I watched well, that and part of that. So, but yeah, that's cool. I, I I'm that. See, I'm bad because when I get behind in a show, I do this. You know, I've done it other times. Like I'm always like I'm hesitant to go back and watch it because it's like I have so much to catch up on. Like I get, and then yeah. I like don't do it, and then it keeps getting worse and worse, and I do that with things. I'm, I'm bad with that. It's a procrastination thing, I guess. I need to need to sit yeah. down and watch it. Yeah. Well, get around to it. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's a light up a little. I mean, I, I will have time because you're right. I'm yeah. A lot of free time. I just. Well, I mean, we hope the yeah. strike won't last too long, but, you know, um, it will give people maybe an opportunity to watch older stuff. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, and, you know, let the actor get the 10 cents they get from you streaming an old episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of um, question, though, if they, when they figure all this out, if they're going to raise the prices even more, you know? Uh, I don't know about that. I hope not. Like, they're already crazy prices. I, but well, you and there's a tipping point. Where, I mean, they should get paid. There's a tipping point. They should get paid, but, um, you know, I mean, if you have seen Fran Drescher's speech that she gave the day of the strike, and, um, you know, it's particularly great 
set to like somebody set it to like a Kendrick Lamar beat. Um, but you know, she she pointed out that like the studios are like, oh, we're losing so much money. Meanwhile, like all the bosses get paid like sixty million dollars a year, right? So mm-hmm. are there places like where they can? I mean, they could raise the prices, but if they raise the prices, I gotta drop one of my services. I yeah, I know. Right? That's like, what I wonder, uh, that if they raise the prices, it isn't just going to hurt them in the long run, too. I wonder if they'll maybe go back to having more, like, pay-per-view stuff and, like, less, like, you you have this streaming service and you can watch anything you want, you know? I don't know. Like the, way, like, the way that on demand you can rent a movie right now. Like, I can go to the movies and see a movie or I can wait three months and, like, rent. You wait three months, you can right. rent. Right, like, instead Mission of, Possible, like, getting right? 50,000 free movies in a streamer service, maybe you'll have to pay to rent stuff or maybe you'll get so yeah. many months. I don't know. I'm not sure what the answer is. I just know that I feel like if they raise the price too much, they're going to hurt everybody because people are going to quit paying for it because it's, like, you can't you can't pay for all of them. There's too many. And I mean, it didn't used to be like even cared because they didn't used to have their own programming, but now each network has their own programming. And like, they're supposed to make, I guess they probably make the majority of their money from those like new programs that are specific to the network, but then they stream all the other stuff and that's where they're not getting their residuals, I guess, or at least that's my understanding well, is that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think there's an argument that this industry is is ready for consolidation. And like as you said, there's too many streamers, and should some of them buy each other? And like, can we go? Remember when there was only three? When there was only like Netflix, and then there was yeah. Hulu, and and that was kind of like it, right? Well, the other thing um, they keep is... adding. There's. I was just going to say. I was just going to say that. <laughs> go ahead. You go first. You go first. No, I was just going to say, when I was I was talking about it with my family, and my dad was saying how probably a lot of times when the actors get paid, like, they get paid X amount, and then they're told, like, you'll make this much more money in residuals from it airing later or whatever. Well, maybe the solution is, like, to pay them more up front and, like, not give them residuals. And then if they made enough money, they wouldn't need the residuals, and then they could let people stream it however many times they want. I mean, that's why I said I don't know what the heck the answer is, but hopefully there's an answer that no. everybody can be happy with and that won't kill our budgets too much. But, yeah, but yeah the consolidation could be a good thing, too, um, because there's well, way and, too much and humor. Like, I saw this story where, like, like I said, 10 cents because there are actors who literally make 13 cents from a stream, right? Like, you might get – I don't know what you get, $5 or $10 if it airs on TV, and you get $0.13 cents every time somebody streams it for this particular actor, for this particular show or whatever, right, for their contract. Yeah, and, that's and like, they're not and, like and, and, like, so what is that, right? So if there's a million streams, not, you're getting, what cool. is that, like $13? And, and also, also is, the studios, other the studios do not transparently report on streaming, right? They don't. So yeah, how do you even know to. if they're, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I was just, so the other thing is, is I don't think people understand. And that was what I was saying about like what he was saying, like about Ian is that I think there's like a, a top, like there's like a 5% thing. Like there is like with, with Bill Gates in the world. I mean, like when you go to actors, there's like the, the famous actors who make tons and tons of money, but that's not the majority of the people. That's not, I mean, most no. of the people in the union are the ones that aren't making the money and they're the ones that are suffering. So it, it, when people were like, oh, they don't need it, like, yeah, maybe they don't need it, but what about everybody else? Like, they're trying to just um, get by. I had a conversation so. with my dad the other day, 
my dad said to me that he doesn't feel sympathetic for the actors union because these people make so much money. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, dad. Stop reading the Wall Street Journal and read some other media because there's 160,000 actors in the union. And the vast majority of them, I was like, dad, this includes all the people in the background who say, well, this is not like the Tom Cruise union, although he's in the union, right? Um, mm-hmm. This is like every single actor that has one sentence in a show or is an extra or is like whatever. Right. Um, And these people make like no money and you have to make $26,000 a year to qualify for health insurance. And that's not, so by the way, Ian Ziering was talking about there are levels of insurance and to qualify for like the best plan of insurance for his family is what he's going, I'm sure he makes more than 20, I don't know what yeah. level he was talking about. I'm not trying to say but he, he makes probably 26, does make Right, right. Um, no, but right. you can make $26,000 and some crazy small amount, like less than 20% of actors qualify for that. I think I could be wrong, but it's some crazy small number of actors even make $26,000 a year. Um, yeah. Uh, it's really uh, – and so, yeah, Fran Drescher made millions off the nanny, and she's the president of the union, and some people say, like, oh, she makes millions of dollars. And she does, but, you know, she was elected president of the union. Um, and just she's like, not everything. Most... Not... Yeah. They're just... the exception, kind of, yeah. in some ways. And like, and, like, honestly, you want your president to be somebody who has a platform that the news will cover because, it, like, like – if it's like James yeah. Ruby, president of the union, the cameras aren't going to show nobody up, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah um, nobody cares. But no, I know it's yeah. really um, – and, I, you know, the other thing I was going to say about streaming, yes, there are too many services, but I feel like consolidation is not working either because you know how HBO bought Discovery, the Discovery streaming service, whatever that was? The result is like not that satisfying anyone. I like that because I get free with AT&T, so now I get Discovery. <laughs> so for me, that's good. No, but – but they've been bought, right? They were bought by now they've been yeah, merged they into to, this new Mac thing. thing. And the result is that HBO took off a lot of like good series that people liked to make room and I mean let's face it, the, the is HBO that why audience they did that? I didn't think that was why they took them off. I don't know. Well they did they did part of it to save money, part of it for tax write downs, part of it because they're making room for, you know, other stuff. There's a bunch of reasons why. But I feel like that is not exactly a match made in heaven. Like, I feel like the HBO audience is a prestige audience, and the Discovery audience is, is – They're two different audiences. I mean, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Looking for, and, like, that match is ha- making nobody happy, right? I mean – Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's making nobody happy, happy, but it's not – one of them, and you suddenly get two of them. But that's not necessarily the reason, you know what I mean? So Because both sides of it feel like they lost something. I mean, both audiences maybe feel like they lost something, right? Yeah, and then they Um, raised the price of the one to cover the both, too, because I know, like, they've raised the price of Max in order to, you know, monopolize that. And like I said, I get it free for cell phones, so that's the only reason I'm like, yes, I get more free stuff. I can't afford all that. I'm going to say what you said, which is uh, I don't know the answer either, right? I'm not an MBA. I'm not a business person. But, like, something's got to break. We can't all, like, have all the services. And, you know, as much as I just want to say for people to get mad, too, like, as much as I love doing my, you know, AI when it regards to art, I can understand the actors having a big problem with that. I think that that's in a different – And the writers. And the – well, sorry, yeah. And and the writers. writers. I mean, I think that, in the sense of what's going on with there, I can see them being pissed and they need to 
to figure that out and not, you know, and be fair yeah. to them because it isn't fair that they can be like, well, we don't feel like paying you, so we're just going to, like, use the computer to make it, and now we can do your job for you. Yeah. I mean, that's not okay either. Yeah. So. And, and and yeah, or being like, we're going to use the likeness of Peter Capaldi and not pay him, but you'll never know because the computer makes it look exactly like him and nobody will ever know, right? Like, that's yeah. not cool. You know what? You know what um, concerns me, though, too, is that if the union doesn't want to settle on that, the fact of the matter is you can make people that don't exist just as easy as you can make people that look like somebody else. So part of me yeah. is always concerned, like, but if they don't want to pay them, they can still make somebody else as that act, you know, to play that part. They don't got to use a likeness of somebody. They can just create their own and bum, they, you know, don't got to pay nobody. I question yeah. that. I mean, I think the union maybe is working on that too. I don't know. I mean, right, because that would put even more people who need the money even more. Like, it's bad enough to put, like, a high-paid Tom Cruise out of work. Right. But that's I mean, what I'm saying. Like, they but can make to their put, own like, something that's yeah, own background. Actors, you know what I mean? They can right? one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like already, like already, like nowadays, if there's a scene where, let's say, there's a scene in a movie that takes place at the Super Bowl, like they don't yeah, bring they in just, eighty thousand extras. They bring in like no. five thousand extras, and then they and then CGI they them, the rest yeah. of the people, right? But they don't yeah. talk or do anything, so that's kind of okay, right? Yeah, but that could change. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally changed. So, but you know, I don't know. We'll have to the future will will set the tone. Yep. I'm not gonna know until. Yep. Stay yeah, tuned until we find out what happens. Yep. But uh, so. I don't know. I, I at least actors can like still, I guess, can still promote old stuff and can still go on talk shows. I guess they just can't promote current and future stuff. I guess. Right. <laughs> That's my understanding. Right. Well, anyway. I, guess, I don't know. Would you, can, they, can they go on and talk about a movie they made five years ago? Not that anybody would want to watch that, maybe. But of why, like, like me going, I told you, I'm going to the, the Steel City Con, and Tom Ellis is going to be there, so I want to go. It's my understanding that, like, they're allowed to do that because, like, if he goes there he's and even does a panel, he's promoting Lucifer, which is over. He's not making them money. He's not making himself money. Like, it's you know, not something in production yeah. or that like was just done and therefore part of the right. part of it. I don't right. know. I mean, I think most people dropped out of Comic Con though, because I think like Comic Con sort of a different issue. I think like if people go to yeah. Comic Con, it's like they're they're crossing the picket line probably to a lot of people. Comic Con is like, mostly some... about announcing new shows or promoting current shows. Right, that yeah. too. But they've said they don't care if people attend it. But I, from what I know, a lot of them. Have just canceled period and i i feel like if i was an actor i would feel like with comic-con like they people would be mad at me like i was crossing the picket line and not doing what i was supposed to do or like going to like some teeny tiny convention talking about old stuff nobody really necessarily is going to get mad about so because they need to still yeah. make you know their money or whatever so i don't know yeah um, I, yeah, I'm not sure about that. That's interesting. But so, yeah, as long as you were maybe talking about old stuff or just talking about being an actor in general or talking about like whatever. Yeah, or who knows? Uh-huh, maybe they'll but, cancel the panels and he won't have a panel. I don't know. <laughs> and just in which case, I'm going to be like, I didn't have to go. For, I didn't yeah. have to buy two days worth of tickets. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Or talking formally. Yeah. yeah. 
And so everything that you're putting up in the coming days on the site was all interviewed. Yes, before and I need to remember yeah. to go back and mark those few interviews I posted after the strike. Because, yes, if anybody sees them, this, this thing for Dead City, for Foundation, those were all conducted before the strike. Um, yeah. Yeah, nobody, nobody did anything they weren't supposed to do. But, you know, we all have all our backed up yeah. interviews ready to, to go for the next, you know, month or whatever. So they we're yeah. still allowed to post them. They just can't do any new interviews. Yeah. Well, good. All right. Well, this will be a chance for everybody to write their novel or their play, right? You know, all these actors who are like, oh, I've been working on a writing project, but I'm too busy to finish it. So maybe yeah, a lot of people come out of this with something new written, right? Like you can't do any work for a studio, but if you want to, if you're doing work on your own, that's fine. Like writing, yeah, like writers can't write, write for a book. studio, but, but write, go write your book, go write your play, go write whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like theater isn't. The I time. don't think it's affected. I know they can do video Theater's game work, and it's not affected. I think I want to say some cartoons, but I'm not 100 percent on that. But I know they can do like video game like um, voices and stuff. Is my understanding like something like that isn't affected? Um, so, so you know, I was I was I was reading today that some like online influencers are affected. So the union yeah, has a category. That. The union has a category for to... influencers. You have to be incorporated, create the entire. You have to create your content yourself. Paid. Yeah, they're really getting paid. You have to create your. There are certain rules about it in order to get into the union as a like right, you know, but as a that's performer like or whatever. Um, right, but those are like ones who are paid for their influencing. Like, yeah, somebody like yes, me who does a site. Like, I I ain't paid bupkis. I can do so, and I'm probably. Well, never I mean, you're not a. I mean, you're not an yeah. influencer. I'm not an influencer. You're like a site owner saying. and a writer. But influencers right. who like make their little instas and their TikToks to promote whatever. Some of them, I don't. It's, uh, they're eligible under. It depends a on their category. contract. Yeah, it depends on what yeah. contract they have. So, so they also are prohibited from. They also are supposed to be striking in terms of promoting stuff that the studio. The studio sends you a press release. You don't. Rep- you know, like you. You right now would not be posting studio press releases posting, you know, promoting new shows if you are supporting the strike. I mean, I don't mean you. I mean people like you. I don't know what happens. Yeah. But there well, are there I are think, sites that are yeah. like, we're not we're not promoting because we stand with the creators. But like so also influencers. Also hurting. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, and I don't really post press releases that often, so I'm not really that concerned with it. But no, I, I feel like that's also hurting the actors, though, by not promoting it since they can't promote it. Like, I kind of feel like, well, if we're promoting it for you, at least point. you're getting some of it out there. But, yeah, that is but kind of the point. But that's kind of the so point. I don't know. The actors are like, we're not promoting anything, and you guys can just suck it. Um, but influencers also, some of them are supposed to not be promoting whatever. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But we are, are supposed to post performers. I know that. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they were all given so. before they were on strike. They're all in the can. Yeah. They're all, you know, yeah, for sure. And, like, you know, they were all done in good the actors did them all in good faith and, you know, want them to be out there with the news. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So we hope it won't be long, but we'll just be here talking about whatever we can. Uh, maybe it'll be time yeah, for a rewatch we have or something. Yeah, next week. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll we'll pick something and even maybe pick something we haven't seen that we want to see, maybe that was on, yeah. like, before, that we missed or something. Yeah. So if yeah. anybody has any ideas what you want to hear, you know. Send them to us. Something we should watch. Yeah. 
movies, yeah. shows, whatever. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's a good idea, Jamie. All right. So, all right. Sorry, what? Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. Right? Yep. Time to wrap it up. Thank you. Yep. I will talk to you next Jamie. week. Yep. Yes, thank all right. you. Take it easy. Um, thank you, okay. everyone, for listening tonight. Thank you, Gary Morgenstein, for Gary. being our special guest. Right? Definitely. Um, and thank you, Roger, for hosting our show, as always. Yes. Um, and we'll be yeah. back here with AJ, back from his trip next week. All, all right. right. Good night. Bye-bye.